following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We are at Minute 27 of Flash. Gordon, Eric, how are you today? Well, Brad, I'm... Uh... Um... What the hell is going on in this minute? Just gonna, I don't even know what the hell to say. I have like two notes. It's like, and one of them's like, "What the hell?" Yeah, this 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 movie truly is going to push our show's PG thirteen boundaries. This is definitely the most uncomfortable minute of this movie. <laughs> Today, we have with us from Mission Impossible Minute, Tom, Jonathan Howe. Jonathan, how are you today? Good, good guys. Hey, hey, Brad. Hey, Eric. Welcome. Hello, everyone out there. It's uh, real happy to have Jonathan with us. Uh, and Jonathan, you you you've uh. Our, our paths have crossed. Uh, I was lucky enough to guess on Mission Impossible Minute. Uh, you guessed it on Minute Impossible. Minute Impossible, pardon me. And you were uh, nice enough to join us. I also own I also own MissionImpossibleMinute.com. Oh, oh. You, you're cornering the market. <laughs> well done. Cornering the market. Forward thinking. And you were nice enough to also join us on a Minute of Darkness, and uh, it, it's it's just great to have you back. You, you're one of the We've been real lucky. We've had fantastic guests, and you're keeping that streak alive. Uh, so really excited to talk with you. And you got an interesting mix this week because you have the weirdest, most uncomfortable minute of the movie, and then you get just some fun, fun stuff afterwards. So you, you got a mixed bag. Well, yeah. If I remember correctly, I asked for the fun stuff. I did not ask <laughs> for the creepy stuff. But unfortunately, the way that this movie cuts itself, I get – 35 well actually i get an entire minute of super creepiness yes jonathan uh, when we were when we were scheduling our guests jonathan specifically requested what happens in the next two episodes we'll be talking about this week but right the way it all scheduled out unfortunately he's he's got to he's got to go through this minute first that's okay i can live with it i hey guys we do mission impossible so we are used to awkward written <laughs> scenes especially when females are involved so let's celebrate international women's day when we're recording <laughs> oh, this by talking about wow, this minute we did, uh, <laughs> we did not plan that that is true that is today as we record this <laughs> uh, oh, gosh boy. all right let's yeah let's do this all the strong women out there enjoy <laughs> as we talk about the hypnotic seduction of dale yeah uh you know <laughs> And also the casual incest talk. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah oh yeah. oh! Uh, oh that, that note already. Clytus, uh, when uh, okay. So to break this down, uh, yeah, Dale is in the midst of being wooed magically by Ming and his ring, and she's in some sort of glowy bubble, and. He is fascinated with how she's reacting to this. And he says, you know, have you ever seen a woman react like this? And and Clytus, oh, Clytus. <laughs> I love Clytus because one, Clytus is the only robot man they've ever given giant eyebrows. <laughs> and I love 
I love his st- the style of his his faceplate. And so w- when he's like, no, truly, it even rivals your daughter. And I'm like, oh, Clytus, why are you going? If I was Ming, I would have turned around and smacked Clytus off of the dais because it's like, oh, you cannot talk to somebody like that about their daughter. Well, well, here's the thing, though. So he says she, her response rivals your daughter, but the ring is Ming's ring. I mean, that that's that's his thing. He wears that on his hand throughout this movie. So it is the implication Ming has done this to Aura or has he lent his ring to Clytus and Clytus has then used the ring on Aura or has Ming done it to Aura for Clytus to enjoy? I mean, I, there's, 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 there's so many. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Ming used that on his daughter. He is not a sharing guy. You know what I think? I think that actually knowing what we know about his daughter, I think she used it on herself. And Clytus knows that because Clytus watched her. How else could Clytus know, you know? Yeah, because he's the the secret police. He's (laughs) the Gestapo of this movie, so. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, this this minute's so tough. Yeah, this minute's rough. And then the next 30 seconds is just Ming... Rubbing in forced perspective. I, you know what? When I was a kid, it took until I was an adult to know what Ming was doing with his hand. When he has holding his hand up and he's like moving it and making it smaller and bigger, he's massaging Dale's image, but the camera's behind him. So his hand's huge and she's tiny. So she like fits in his hand in the shot. And it took me forever to figure out that's what was happening. I thought he had his hand up because it's like, you know, it's magic. So he's like doing some sort of magic or something. Yeah, technically, it's actually a very impressive camera shot if you want to look at it from like a movie making you know, perspective. But I mean, he's he's essentially <laughs> take away the complete horror of it. Yeah, it's it's very he's he's sexually assaulting her. I mean, that's basically that's what he's doing. And he's enjoying himself in front of everyone doing it. Uh, and she and the problem is she's not a willing participant in this. Because we learned at the end, she doesn't know what she just did. Yeah, and actually, uh, I found online that according to the, the, the original storyline, this doesn't make its way into the movie, but when she's when she is hypnotized by him, he, he, he's making her see an image that she's on an erotic picnic with him in a 1920s setting. Oh, for love of God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Were they going to shoot that? Or did they just, was it just in the script? Was it ever shot? I, it was it was in the script. I don't. It was not shot. Can you imagine? What well, was Max von Sydow dressed like Ming or like someone from the 1920s? I have to assume someone from the 1920s if that was the setting. How awesome would that be to see him in a little little like page like a little newspaper guy hat, like a newsy <laughs> hat with little suspenders on? Ah, oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be the cool with those weird crazy eyebrows. There's 20 ways they could film the each way. Awesome. Uh, you, or just have him in full <laughs> Ming regalia on a like picnic blanket. Well, they could have made this not creepy, one, by not saying what Clytus says, and two, by just shooting, shoot a dream sequence, but make Dale hesitant in it. Like, she doesn't understand what's happening, and it's like, like it's forcing her to do this, and she's like, ah, I feel this, you know, like, and let her act a little, and then have Ming watching, and that at least allows for a interplay between the characters, whereas this is just a weird victimization, and just blah. Yeah, and you know, she, she, Dale's physical actions, she stretches out her arms in front of her, brings them down through the air, 
So, essentially, she's running her hands down an invisible, gigantic phallic symbol. Then, she brings her hands toward her and puts them right above her pelvic area, so she's accepting said phallic symbol where you would accept a phallic symbol. <sighs> wow, you really know how to talk to a lady, Eric. <laughs> hey, I've been married for more than 10 years. What do you know? <laughs> Sometimes my wife accepts my phallic symbol. <laughs> oh, damn. It's and this is the, this is the conversation. This is the only conversation you can have about this minute. There's especially we, we we're keeping the show PG, like the freaking movies PG. It, it, yeah. Well, but yeah, but it, this is early '80s PG where PG was buck wild because they didn't have anything in the middle. That is true. But like, well, they're not saying cuss words, so what are you gonna do? <laughs> there's a lot, there's a couple things we can talk about in this minute uh, that is not this. Seduction. One, the music's awesome. Yeah. This is one of those, another one of those Queen songs. And I, I joked earlier, the hip, it, it's a hypnotic seduction of Dale. That's the, in parentheses, name. The song's called The Ring on the soundtrack, but this is the, it's The Ring, parentheses, hypnotic seduction of Dale. Yeah. And it was uh, written by Freddie. Yeah. Written by Freddie, Freddie Mercury. So it, it's a really nice ambient song. But to this day, when I hear it, I get skeeved out because I think of this. Oh, this song's ruined. I'm also not listening to this. I don't listen to the soundtrack that much because I listen to two of the songs and they're not in these minutes. So I won't talk about them. There's so many good songs. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, a lot of love for this soundtrack. This is and uh, this leads into a great song. Jonathan, you got some good music minutes. Yeah, I have two good. I have two two tracks, almost two whole tracks of the of the soundtrack. The one good thing about this minute is it gives us shots from far away of the entire Ming Palace, or at least his throne room, and it's a really cool set. It's beautiful. I love all the characters in the background because I don't really know who they are yet. They haven't been introduced. Not Half of them won't be introduced, but I, as a fan of Flash Gordon, I'm like, ooh, look, who are those people? Ooh, who are those people? Oh, those, they're little people. That's cool. Who, ooh, who are these women dressed like, uh, you know, belly dancers? Oh, who are these black and white people that are literally black on one half and, and white on the other? I, I, I love this. In the later minutes that, that I'm on this week, we'll talk, we can talk more about it, but I was really excited to see all these people. The, the costuming and the sets are just amazing in this movie in general, but this is really where they, they got to sort of to show their stuff and just a beautiful, beautiful set. And, uh, and it sort of was referenced earlier, a well-shot scene. Uh, it's a terrible, creepy scene with, but a, that a cinematographer should be really proud of, but he probably was still a little embarrassed to put it in his reel. It's like, oh, I did some good. Yeah, it's like, man, I did some good work. Never going to show it again. It's it's okay. It was for Golan Globus. No one will ever know. Right. <laughs> What's crazy is after all this, Dale comes out of her hypnosis, wants to know what's going on, and Flash says, "Oh, Flash." Ah, I, I what was the exact term? It was, it was like I don't know, but it was it it, it was pretty sensational. Is his exact? It's like what did I do? And she's he's like I don't know, but it was pretty sensational. Ugh. Yeah, she Ugh. has no memory of it at all. Zarkov has got like this half smile smirk on his face. Also, Zarkov's oh. not clean in this either. The male gaze in this scene is very strong. And you know she ends the, the she ends it with 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 an air hug. I mean, it's like she's hugging. You know, like you would hug someone you were recently consciously wanted to be intimate with, not violated by. I, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just so wrong on so many levels. Yeah, I actually, when I was a little kid, I used to fast forward through this part. 
<laughs> Even as a child, you knew this was wrong. Yep. Well, it made me feel icky because also it's not just that it's the physicality of Dale. And this will happen later in a minute when she uh, cheers for Flash. She's weird. She's a weird wiggler and she wiggles her arms in a weird way in this movie. And it's off putting. And I, I guarantee you, I mean, half of this stuff is improvised. I've heard, you know, I've read the, you know, all the, you know, the stuff about the production that this was, you know, the script was not great. So the actors were improvising all the time and she's so bizarre in this scene. One, I think she's being, I'm wondering here, here's the question. And I'll put it to you guys. Do you think she was told to be, act like it's sexy? Or do you think she was told act like you're being taken over? Or do you think that they said, act like whatever you want. And she decided on set that day that she was going to do it as sexy. Well, I'm putting that in, I'm making quote marks, sexy. Yeah. I think based on the way that she acts in the scene, I do not think she was told to act like she was being violated. Uh, just, 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 that's just not how that the character is acting in that scene. Um, I didn't see anything online of whether she made it up or if they told her how to do it, but either whether it was her own decision or whether it was a director's decision, definitely she was playing it as someone who was, you know, into it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the director said, you play it sexy and go as far as you can go. It's like, really make an effort to almost look like you're going to touch yourself. And uh, it seemed like she was she just got right up to that edge. And I was like, this is, and just with you, it made me wildly uncomfortable. Um, and I don't think they did Dale any favors with, uh, we talked about how this is a well shot scene. I also don't think they did Melody, Melody Anderson, any favors with some of the camera angles. Not, not all of them were flattering. Also, she's wearing like a business suit. <laughs> she's wearing a white business suit with a red shirt. So, I mean, it's not. And she, I mean, she and Zarkov. Zarkov looks like a frumpy safari guide. Flash looks awesome. Yeah, and then we've also just seen Ara. So it's like, oh, by the way, we're gonna focus on this the sexiest woman in the world, pretty much. And then, by the way, we're gonna shoot you at a weird camera angle in your realtor outfit this movie has a weird parallel to starship troopers in that the women are supposedly and sometimes written strong as strong women who have opinions or as one of them dale is one of them they are people who know what they want and they are going for it they're the ones that pick up the blasters and shoot people they're the people kick people off of you know whatever and the same thing happens in battle uh starship troopers but in both movies, they both fall into these tropes of the woman being weak or an object. And it's a, it's a, obviously it's from the time that it was from, it's a crutch in writing. But I, I found it interesting because when I was watching this, I was thinking about Diz from Starship Troopers and just thinking, yeah, Diz is supposed to be this strong, willful girl. But in the movie, she's always following Johnny Rico out of like puppy love and it's like well that makes her and that makes her weak and i think this dale is strong almost this entire movie except there's two or three scenes in this movie where they're trying to paint dale as a victim not paint her they make her a victim yeah is that the character uh the one where then uh spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen starship troopers she says now i can die happy just because like yeah she kissed him yeah. or something like that yeah 
Yeah, she dies in his arms. Um, the guy, shout out to the guys over it. <laughs> it's <a> roughneck minute. <laughs> but yeah, they could they could tell you. But yeah, that that that's one of those things. When I when I see it, I'm just like, I it's 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 of this age, and I'm not a super fan of it. And I, I think we is the more we notice it, the the more we notice it in our in the movies, especially movies that we enjoyed as kids. Those movies are rife with this kind of um, this kind of writing. Well, I I believe if they were if this movie was made today, Dale would have been the one to 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 kill Ming. Like they they would have given her a little bit of agency, and there would have been a scene at the end where you know Flash is obviously the guy who pretty much wins the day, but there would be that scene where Flash defeats Ming's army or whatever, and he's but. You know, he, he's about ready to be killed by Ming or Clytus or something along those lines. And then Dale's the one who sort of, you know, deuces machinas uh, and shows up at the exact right moment and like finishes Ming off with the blaster, it, giving her her own agency and her own victory at the end. And that's something that's very modern in movies. Uh, just, ah, heck, a, a Marvel movie that we've talked about a bit because uh, especially the most recent edition has a, a lot of fingerprints of flash going on at the, the thor films and just in the second thor movie where thor is knocked out and it's jane who's trying to drag him out of the way to keep to protect him Th- that happens a lot in like modern action films where love interest isn't just a uh, damsel in distress she also often has a chance to sort of save the good guy in his weakest moment. Because we don't want that anymore as viewers. That's not that's not what we're into. At the time, that's what we were shown. And now there's more of a voice that everyone can say, no, this isn't what we want to see. We want to see strong women portrayed by strong women and written well, not, you know, this sort of victimization that, you've, that you're doing to these characters. Because I think this, and of course, this is a campy movie and, you know, it is what it is, but yeah, you know, it, it it this scene hits it on the head, and it's it's uh, unsettling. I wanted to draw a parallel here because with with the whole Flash saying it was pretty sensational. So, um, this the same year that this movie came out, there was an issue. Uh, the Avengers comic book issue number two hundred came out, and Flash's reaction made me think of Carol Danvers, who at the time was called Ms. Marvel. She's now Captain Marvel in the movie that's coming out. It's that character. I don't know if either one of you were familiar with this, but for the listeners who might not be, um, it was a very controversial issue because the character of Carol Danvers announces that she's pregnant and she doesn't know how it happened. And she gives birth a few days later, the baby grows up immediately and, and reveals himself to be uh, the son of Immortus uh, named Marcus, who was trapped in limbo. He needed a way out, kidnaps Carol Danvers, uses mind tricks to make her fall in love with her, implants his essence inside her. That's the actual wording from the comic. Then wipes the whole thing from her memory and she then decides of her own free will to go back to Limbo and live with Marcus. And all of the Avengers are all happy for her and, and send her off and away all happily. And it was a very controversial issue because it was essentially she, she was raped. And her memory of the rape was wiped away. And she ends up going with her rapist. And the Avengers all say, oh, good for you. You go with him. You go be in love. And Chris Claremont, uh, the, the comic writer, hated that storyline. Uh, he had written Carol Danvers a lot, and he did not like what they did to the characters. So about a year later, um, in Avengers Annual number 10, he had Carol Danvers come back to the Avengers and essentially take them to task for not realizing Marcus had brainwashed her and, didn't, and not helping her get out of it. And so just it, the, the Flash reaction to what has just happened to Dale with the memory wipe and everything, it just it immediately made me think of that. 
That's, uh, that's such a great point. I know exactly the story you talk about. There was an, uh, a, an article written about it called The Rape of Carol Danvers, and it took literally decades before they were able to fix that character because that was such a damaging story. And uh, Claremont, who, as you said, liked that character very much, and he basically, for a while, she he took the character, renamed her binary, sent her off into space with the, the Star Jammers, which is like a, a su- supporting characters in the world of uh, mm-hmm. X-Men. It's Cyclops is dead. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I know my comic books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, got th- we got three geeks on here talking. And it was probably, what, I guess 10 years ago that they brought Carol Danvers back to Earth and got her involved in the Avengers, renamed her Warbird for a while. And then she went back to Ms. Marvel and then became Captain Marvel. And they've finally been able to sort of fix the character, get past that really horrible, creepy, weird story where she – it was creepy even without the rape aspect of it where it was still a, a, about her giving birth to her own boyfriend. Right. Yeah. And then while the Marcus character is explaining what he did, like, he even says, like, and I even admittedly used my own mind control powers to move along our relationship. It's like, eh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a psychic roofie, you a-hole. Just terrible, terrible. And, you know, it's Carol Danvers has become a very cool character in comics and going to have the, the – the, there's going to be the Captain Marvel movie coming out, I want to say, next year mm-hmm. with yeah, uh, the – Excellent, wonderful Brie Larson in the in the starring role. Yeah, she's perfect for this. Yeah, I was hoping for Emily Blunt, but when they called out Brie Larson, it's like, oh, I can I can do that. I uh, I like Brie Larson very much. There's no, yeah, I would have been fine with either. To also, maybe maybe Emily Blunt will show up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I. Uh, and this is a completely different discussion, but uh, there's two actors I keep waiting to show up in Marvel movies, and it's uh, Emily Blunt and uh, John Krasinski, her husband. It's like, uh, both of these – they've both come close several times. Krasinski was in the running to be Captain America. Almost for Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain America. And then he was also in the running to, for, to become Peter Quill. And it's like, sooner or later, they're going to figure it out. Uh, I can't see him as anything other than Jim Halpert. That's my wife said the same thing because we were laughing at that Jack Ryan show <laughs> on uh, Amazon. And we're like, yeah. that's Jim. Look at him. Look at him running around. Cannot, I could not have bought him as yeah, Captain that America. I would have fallen <laughs> out of that. Yeah. Well, I'll find something for him. So, all right, gentlemen. Our, we're way off because we don't want to talk about this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hard minute. <laughs> Let's move on to the next minute, please, please, please. Uh, Jonathan, where can people find out more about your stuff and your excellent work with in the Minute by Minute world with uh, Mission Impossible? Yeah, we're over at Minute Impossible. You can find us on the Twitters at Min Impossible, M-I-N Impossible, or on uh, our Facebook group, which is the Impossible Minute Force. And we talk of everything about from everything like technology, movies, Tom Cruise, Scientology. No, uh, no subjects is off limits over there. So come on over and download our podcast anywhere that podcasts are sold. <laughs> That's how podcasts work, right? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, uh, just raking it in. Yeah, uh, go iTunes, everything else. Uh, you can find us there. I recommend everyone check it out. I had a great time guesting on your guys' show. Um, you do, do such a great job and really know your stuff. And the Mission Impossible films are great for the world of minute by minute because they're so different. Each movie is so different from the one to the next, and uh, they're they're 
regardless if you even like the movies and some are better than others, uh, but they're all like interesting films and just a wide array of different directors and the different supporting casts and, and just also watching Tom Cruise's career throughout all those movies. It really is a, a, a great series for the minute by minute world. And you guys do a great job with it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we really enjoy it. Eric, where can people find out more about our little, uh, uh, our little adventure here with Flash Gordon Minute. Well, we were on Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod. Please come chat with us on Facebook and the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. And send us an email if you want to, flashgordonminute at gmail.com. And as always, we re- we ask you very nicely to hop onto iTunes and give us some ratings and reviews. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it there. We're, we, we, we got our first bad review, and we're mad about it. We, we need somebody to, 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 to drown that out. And, you know, don't let the haters get you don't down. Don't let the haters get you down. Get out there. Get out there and uh, review. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're we're going to be doing this again tomorrow. And I'm feeling great. Oh, we have a great guest and uh, some really great um, fun minutes coming up. But uh, it's not all great, Erica. I, I, have, a, I have a problem. Yeah. To, I went to a concert in Baltimore where I saw Eric Johnson. People aren't familiar. Eric Johnson, he's a, one of these guitar god guys. He made this amazing album in the 90s called Avaya Musicom, and it was just amazing. And it, 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 the album's like 20 or 30 years old, and Eric Johnson still has it, and it was just amazing. I'm just sitting there, and I'm watching this uh, virtuoso performance, and all I kept thinking is like, oh, God, this is a little loud. I'm this music's too loud for me anymore. What's happened to me? Eric, what's happened to me? Well, if you're feeling like an old man because you're just not young anymore and these whippersnappers music is just blowing out your eardrums, don't worry, Brad. Flash will save every one of us. Attention listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute.